Happy Halloween, everybody. This is the Big Soccer Preview Show back for this week. Um, sorry about last week. The computer gods decided that we were not going to do a podcast. That damn Windows and their updates totally interfered with our recording, but we're back. My name is Adam. This is Jordan. It's going to be a quick show this week. Um, we're, we're a little bit pressed for time. We're actually doing this a day earlier than normal because I have Halloween family things to uh, to get into. But very quickly, uh, on a very rainy south in the United States, as we talk to you, we're going to kick it over to Jordan real quick. Jordan, I imagine right now, you don't have to go into too much detail, but I imagine right now you, you do, do feel quite like the rain outside. Um, I just had this as a prepared statement, Adam. Okay. Uh, in, comp- in, in, in cooperation with both CONCACAF and uh, UEFA, I have accepted a plea bargain uh, for t- a 10-month podcasting ban uh, in solidarity <laughs> with uh, with uh, Sandro Tonali. Um, I accept that I am guilty. Uh, I am working to, uh, you know, get my addiction under control of podcasting. Yeah. And hopefully in 10 months, I will come back a stronger, healthier, healthier person. <laughs> Uh, yes, this is the news, of course, that Sandro Tonali could face a 10-month ban, more than likely, uh, for for his betting. I have to tell you, there are some West Ham fans that are now very, very nervous about um, the potential fate of Lucas Paqueta because of that ban. Although I think the situations are a little different. I think there's still some some fear that they're coming down very hard on him. But uh, listen, uh, that's obviously very unfortunate. We, we It's terrible to see. Um, but we must move on because there are some huge huge games going on this weekend. Um, so it's going to be a little bit abbreviated. We're going to try and blow through the top four here. And while this is not necessarily the biggest Premier League game of the weekend, it certainly is a big one. We start this week on Friday night. Crystal Palace against Tottenham. Uh, don't look now, Jordan. Tottenham Hotspur are undefeated. They have not lost a league match yet this season. Um, they pay a Friday night visit to Selhurst Park against uh, Crystal Palace. These tend to always be uh, some exciting matches. It's never fun. I, 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 my understanding from a London perspective is it's never fun to go south. You, you never want to go south. Uh, are Spurs destined for the top four? Is this? Are, are we seeing the the birth of a new sort of top four reign and and a, a European Spurs right now? Uh, you'd have to. You can say that all signs are pointing to a yes, but <laughs> until it actually happens, uh, because what have we, what, what is the adjective that we've, uh, described oh, yes. Spurs with so many years? Spursy. Spursy. It's, uh, it's bad when you're your own adjective. They, they will have, you know, seasons of, you know, just incredible, you know, incredible seasons where they get into Europe, but they just never seem to kick on yes. from that. And you just you just have to look at them and say, okay, prove me wrong. Yeah. So all signs point to yes, but until they you know they qualify for cha- the Champions League next season at the end of this season, I I, I can't definitively say yes. No offense, um, no offense to Ange Postecoglou, but it ain't over until the fat Australian sinks. We'll just put it that way. Uh, that's right. Uh, I'd also really quickly like to put this match on uh Edson uh uh Edward watch yeah. uh because coming out of last week's match uh he looked like he was about to 
go uh, Mount St. Helens <laughs> for our American listeners on the pitch. Uh, I, I think he the 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 anger of uh, Wilfred Zaha has uh, uh, kind of cursed cursed like transferred over to him, and he's gonna he's gonna be extremely volatile uh, in a match at home against a uh, a you know a very confident Spurs side. I, I feel like James Madison in particular is going to be getting under his, uh, uh, grinding his gears. Getting under his grills. You know, it's kind of put it that way. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm on Edson Edward watch because he, this is kind of a moment where he needs to step up. Um, you know, he kind of came out four goals right off the bat, and you're thinking, man, this is, this is, this is the moment when Edson Edward is going to, uh, or Otson Edward reverse his name there for some reason. Otson Edward is gonna is gonna kick on and, and be the player that's that Palace thought they were getting uh, when they bought him from Celtic a few seasons ago. But he's just kind of has fallen off the last three matches, kind of coinciding with with Eberici Eze's injury, which is very very unfortunate. But with him and both both Elise out, that's kind of why they need Edward to kick on here. Interesting note, and as you, when you brought that up. This is this is Edward up against his former manager. Ange Postecoglou was at Celtic when they sold Edward to Crystal Palace. So, um, so he's he's kind of coming up. He's got something to prove there. Um, but yeah, this is uh, definitely destined, I think, for for a knockdown drag out. It's a Friday night classic one in South London. You know they like their bare knuckle boxing, Jordan, down in South London. So uh, Friday, three p.m. Eastern time on USA Network here. In the states. Uh, next up, West London Derby, Chelsea, Brentford. Uh, this is going to be your Saturday morning kickoff, seven thirty a.m. Eastern Time on USA Network. Boy, I tell you what, I would have loved to have talked about that Chelsea Arsenal game before it happened, Jordan, because it did end up being a humdinger. It was so almost so sweet for Chelsea last week, but they they did it to themselves. Defensive miscues, a two-two draw with Arsenal, still a respectable, uh, uh, still a respectable results i would say they'll definitely need to clean it up against brentford um is a similar note to kind of what i was talking about with spurs are we starting to see chelsea put it together do you think we're starting to see a football um, club coming out of the the mess that was todd bowley's acquisition i i, I can see two players who've honestly uh been slighted uh by the media um uh, and um <clears throat> enzo fernandez yeah <clears throat> They seem to really come on uh, in the last couple matches. Uh, Mudrich especially. I mean, that second goal. Um, bit lucky. But yeah. It it, it, it 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 was a bit lucky, but I honestly enough, it reminded me of uh, uh, a, a Poppy Stimbasise goal from 2012. Uh, just in that general, same general vicinity. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I think I think what's going to take more time for Chelsea is to them for them to gel defensively. Oh yeah. Um, and it doesn't help that their best defensive player is 39 years old, which it's, I, I wonder if that's in the copy copy notes of every announcing team <laughs> so, uh, that yeah, covers Chelsea is to mention <laughs> how old Tiago Silva is. Um, we should know. His birthday on the, by on, now. Yeah. On the, uh, on the other side though, uh, I would like to say that we need to rename this the uh, the Caleb Slinkard Asteroid Game. Uh, 
because as a, as a faithful Fulham fan, he hates both teams and pro- probably would wish for nothing more than uh, an asteroid just to to wipe out. Uh, yeah. What 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 is uh what uh oh at the bridge? Yes, they're yeah. at the, they're at Stanford Bridge. Stanford okay. Bridge, yeah, yeah. yeah, to wipe out Stanford Bridge. This this for Caleb. This is of course the lesser. Uh, West London Derby. We'll just put it that way. Um, yeah. Uh, defensively, just I mean, an absolute shambles. And I, they had some injuries. I know that doesn't help. But I, I have to say this. I get the feeling, Jordan, that, you know, perhaps uh, Robert Sanchez is not the best goalkeeper <laughs> in the world. Did not paint himself with glory last weekend, and really hasn't looked that great since moving over from Brighton after Kepa departed for uh, Pastures and New. I think he went to Real Madrid, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, um, I don't think that's helping either. He's just, he just doesn't look the same confident person, um, and I, I think that's that's also having an impact. It probably doesn't help that he doesn't have entire confidence in the four men in front of him. Um, but it's just it's it's going to take time, and they're going to have to get used to the fact that there are four defenders back there instead of three, and and it's 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 going to be just a bit of a different look. Um, Connor Gallagher is starting to look very good, though. You were mentioning uh, Mudrick. I think Connor Gallagher is looking looking pretty good, and a goal uh, last week for Cole Palmer. I think it was his first one of the season since moving over. Nope, it's his second. Um, but that just I don't know. It just kind of shows you how quiet Chelsea have gotten ever since that that summer spending spree so Brentford though uh, we're used to them kind of giving big teams a hard time and I looked back at their results this season they've definitely gotten some good results but uh, they haven't really looked that great against the top teams like they usually do they had the loss to Newcastle they had a draw against Spurs which was good that was a comeback I think um uh, but then the, lost to Newcastle, lost to Man United, lost to Arsenal in the League Cup. Not looking like the same disciplined, you know, c- come and have some Brentford that we're used to seeing against the big teams. However, there is also this. In both times they have gone to the Stamf- to Stamford Bridge in the league since they got promoted a couple of seasons ago, they have absolutely trashed Chelsea. They had a 4-1 win in uh, the spring of 2022 and a 2-0 win last season so it's it's a friendly place for uh for brentford they feel right at home at Stamford bridge um and so we'll see if 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 that changes this weekend chelsea definitely in need of of a good result here six uh, seven thirty a.m eastern time on usa network moving north a little bit uh i, I highlighted this one i'm just interested in it just because they've been doing so I think surprisingly well lately. Uh, Wolverhampton versus Newcastle. This is 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. This is going to be on Big NBC and on Peacock for those of you who like the streaming. Um, On the surface, Jordan, I think you'd agree this is a win for Newcastle. But they're not... Wolves are are not the easy pickings that I think people predicted they would be over the summer. They had that loss to Liverpool in September, but they battled to a win against Man City. Very brave. Hard-fought draw against Villa. And then they got the 2-1 win away to Bournemouth last week, a.k.a. Gary O'Neill's revenge game. Um, how, are, how are you feeling? Obviously, the unfortunate defeat to Dortmund um, 
in in the Champions League. But you're ahead. You're ahead there, so it's it's okay. You're it's, it's you're 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 still in good shape there. How are you feeling though going into this game, given the unfortunate news about Sandra Tonali and the fact you have to go away to Wolves? So honestly, Adam, I am actually concerned about this, not because of the result that we had at home versus Dortmund, but the uh, the injuries that occurred in that match. Uh, because Jacob oh, yeah. Murphy dislocated his shoulder, Oof. and Ale- Alexander Isak went down with uh, his reoccurring hamstring slash groin injury that he picked up in, in international duty with Sweden earlier this season. Um, so... This is going to be a really tough match in terms of our depth because Elliot Anderson is out with a back injury for a few weeks. Joel Linton is just coming back into the squad. Yeah. Tenali won't be there this weekend because the ban should go into effect probably in the next two days. Yeah. Um Harvey Barnes is out till the, you know, out till January. Um Honestly, this might be a match where there's some rotation specifically on the back line. I'm looking maybe maybe bring Target in, move Burn into uh, uh, a left center back position. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds crazy. Um, maybe you slide Fabian Shar into the six hole. Uh just to give the team a little bit more of a defensive presence in that midfield, rest either Longstaff or Gimaresh, and then you know allow the other one to move a little bit further forward and run into uh, those those channel positions and open things up for uh, Callum Wilson. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely some rotation needed uh, for Newcastle. I was just looking at uh, kind of to, to to bring the opposite, the the other side of this, the Wolves um, lineup. Um, he Chan Wang has been just lighting it up. That's the guy you're gonna have to look out for. Uh, he's got a goal and I think a couple of assists in the last couple of games. And they just been they've been looking like a really really good unit. And they they, they <laughs> surprise surprise they are playing. Like Bournemouth did last season under Gary O'Neill, I think there's a lot of togetherness in this side. I think they, you know, they're really fighting for each other. So that's that's a concern. Is is suddenly you have a Wolves team that is using the talent on the pitch? It, it, it was surprising, I thought, last season because there's some talented players in this Wolves team. It's not like they, you know, or just gotten. Let's just say there's a reason they were in financial trouble. They went out and got got a lot of good players. And they've been sitting on on their wage bill for a while. They just haven't been playing uh, up to uh, up to snuff. And so I think Gary O'Neill's got them looking very very good. So yeah, tough matchup for for Newcastle given the circumstances. Um, that's uh, again twelve thirty p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Newcastle in sixth at the moment, trying to look up the table. Wolves in twelfth. Very very uh, good, a uh, solid position for them. What's not a solid position though is where Manchester United find themselves going into arguably their biggest game of the season so far. It is the Manchester Derby this weekend, saving the best for last. This is 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. It's going to be on USA Network from Old Trafford. Um, a, I, I look at this match, Jordan, and I, I see one word, maybe two. I can't remember if it's a hyphenated word or, or two words. 
turning point. This match has turning point written all over it. Both of these teams, I think, are in need of something to say, okay, now we're going to kick on and, and, and get the job done this season. For Manchester United, that's obvious. They've had some a, a series of unfortunate events that are the reason they're in eighth place at the moment. Um, now, they steadied the ship. They've had a couple of good wins. They had a good win against Copenhagen in, uh, in the Champions League on Tuesday to kind of get them going in that competition. Um, but they, they still need they need that kick up the arse, so to speak. And this could be that match. They're at home. They're in front of their home fans. It's against City. They There's been plenty of times, and I know from experience, there's been plenty of times when United have just been looking not themselves, but give them a city, a matchup with, with City, and suddenly they decide to find their rhythm. Or totally forget about it and get thrashed. One of those two things usually happens. Um, and one of those two things could happen once again. Man City, on the other hand, you know, yes, they're in the title hunt, but they've they, they've lost a bit of the shine. They had the De, Bru- the De Bruyne injury. Holland has maybe not quite been lighting things up as much as he was last season. This is a good opportunity to say, no, no, we're Man City. We're here to dominate. We are the champions for a reason. This is our city, and we're going to show you why. So for me, Jordan, whoever comes away with this will no doubt carry a lot of momentum with them into the rest of the season. So I I I will pivot off your point. Um I have two I have three words uh okay. for this match. <laughs> Sir Bobby Charlton. Oh yes. Uh this this will oh. be the first match Man. at Old Trafford after his untimely passing. Uh the England Manchester United legend. Um will Will hit? Will that give Manchester United the uh, the spine, the backbone uh, to get past a City team that you know in the past decade has had their number? Yeah, because uh, I believe we've gone through three different iterations of Manchester uh, Manchester City squads and like what seven iterations of Manchester United squads. <laughs> But they're all on the pitch together now. <laughs> whether or not the you know whether or not the names of uh, the names across the backs have changed, City is since 2012. City has had United's number, and you know, it is is this going to be the time where you know the 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 team kind of coalesces around around Tin Hog around the concept of Manchester United yeah, and kind of look back to the past and, you know, look, look to the history of the club, look to its legendary managers and players, and then just, you know, bring that forth onto the pitch uh, yeah. against city. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if, if, from a main United perspective, if you go out at home against city and if you get thrashed, you don't put in together a good performance right now, it undoes all the good work that's been done over the last few weeks to just sort of, overcome the issues earlier in the season, the loss to to Palace at home, I think it was, the loss to um, to Tottenham on, Gal- on the road. Galatasaray. Yeah, the loss to Galatasaray a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, you know, and then, and then, of course, the, you know, Bayern Munich, and uh, which, I mean, 
it's full credit getting Bayern Munich in the Champions League group stage is just unfortunate but um yeah so I mean there's there's a lot that they can overcome but I think all the hard work that they've done to try and get past that will be undone if they do not come out at least being competitive and and fighting and sticking with Man City and and you know actually giving him a game because I mean we all know there's lots of players in the city team that can punish you and and Holland is three of them so um you know it's it's a tough task and and all they need is the odd goal in some instances but I think if United can just put up a fight and get something out of this game um you know that that'll that'll be good but they have to avoid an embarrassment at home otherwise it's just going to be back to square one where we were uh, about a month ago so yeah, Manchester Derby to round out your weekend. It's 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time on USA Network. Very quickly, six of the best just going through the rest of the Premier League this weekend. And then we'll get on to one last game that I do, that I do think you need to watch this weekend from elsewhere. Uh, Bournemouth versus Burnley. This is at Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. on Peacock. So there's keep in mind, there's not a lot of 10 a.m. Eastern Time kickoffs in the Premier League. There's only two. Keep that in mind when I tell you about this later because th- that could be very, very important for your your Saturday watching. So Bournemouth-Burnley, that's at 10 a.m. on Peacock. Uh, uh, relegation six-pointer there. Arsenal versus Sheffield United from the Emirates, um, 10 a.m. Eastern time on USA Network. Uh, then on, so th- those are the only two other su- Saturday games. Then on Sunday, uh, West Ham against Everton, that's at 9 a.m. on USA Network. Dear God, please let us just get three points from that. Aston Villa versus Luton Town. Uh, that's also at 9 a.m. on Peacock. Uh, Brighton versus Fulham at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on Peacock. And Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest at uh, uh, also at 9 a.m. on Peacock. And now that I'm saying this, be careful of the time change. All of those Sunday kickoffs actually might be at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Because... I think the clocks fall back in the UK this week. Yes. So yes, they do. Forget what I just said. All the Sunday kickoffs are at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And then the Manchester Derby, I think actually might be at 1130 a.m. Central time and, and 1230 Eastern. I think that's right because they fall back. And I think a week was, early. Yeah, yeah, they fall back a week earlier than we do. So this will affect this Sunday and next Saturday. But then next Sunday, it'll be fine because we fall back too. So every time that I just gave you for Sunday, just add an hour. There you go. Now. <music> lastly, certainly not least, uh, if you're looking at these Premier League games that are kicking off at... 10 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday, and you're like, man, I ain't really feeling this. Arsenal's just going to thrash Sheffield United, and Burnley versus Bournemouth could be a good game, but it also could be a dumpster fire. Well, if I got news for you, this is the weekend that we get to witness our first El Clasico of the season on ESPN+. Plus. Barcelona versus Real Madrid. This is Saturday, 10-15 Eastern time, so just a quarter past those Premier League games. So, if it's coming true, what you think about those Premier League games, you can just switch over to ESPN Plus and watch Barcelona and Real Madrid. Barcelona in third, Real Madrid in first. Just a just a uh, just a point separating these two uh, uh, heated rivals. 
it's set up very, very nicely. Barcelona, even with their injuries, just squeaked by Athletic Bilbao last week while Real Madrid had to settle for a draw against Sevilla. If you look back, Jordan, at this matchup, it's been pretty even. Barcelona have 22 wins, uh, Real Madrid 17, and 10 draws in 49 total matchups uh, between these two. Last year, the home side wins each time. So that would suggest that Barcelona have an advantage. But the last time that Real Madrid came to the the Catalan state, as it were, uh, it was an absolute massacre, four nil in the Copa del Rey uh, semifinal law, uh, in the Copa del Rey semifinal win for Los Blancos. So um, this is uh, this is always a heated one. It's always exciting. It's always great, and I am very much looking forward to uh, to watching it. I'll definitely have it on. Uh, this this might be the one Saturday that I decide to forego the Premier League watching at that particular time. So uh, what intrigues me about this match uh, is what is going to happen uh, with Vinicius Jr. and the crowd. Yeah. Uh, Because I don't know if you noticed what happened last weekend. A young boy uh, in the uh, Sevilla stands uh, did a pretty offensive gesture to Vinicius Jr. Oh dear. Uh, uh, it, it, it was, it was like a monkey. Like he was like, yeah. he had his, he was dancing about and scratching his armpits. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I just have to wonder how much more is Vinicius Jr. willing to take in terms of mistreatment by, uh, opposing Spanish crowds before he is done. With with Real Madrid, I, I understand that Real Madrid is is one of the one of the the most globally recognized clubs. It is it is the elite of the elite. But at some point, for a young black Brazilian man, when yeah. is that going to going to be too much? Yeah. And I, I I I can only imagine how antagonistic the Barcelona faithful are going to be this weekend. Given the ma- given the fact that it's their most hated rival in Real Madrid, yeah. So I, it, it honestly, Adam, you're right. If you want to go ahead and skip the Saturday the Saturday 10 a.m. slots for the Premier League, this might have the most fireworks. Uh, this might be the spri- the spiciest of continental breakfasts <laughs> you could have uh, this uh, weekend. Yeah, I and obviously the hope is that. Look, you know, you can you can be antagonistic and you can be intense and you can support your team and and then also you know trash the other team. I'm, I'm not against trashing the other team. I, I, you know, there's some people who are just like, oh, just root for your own team. You don't have to do that. No, it could be good fun to to have some chance, but but you don't have to be racist about it. <laughs> like you don't you don't have to go there. You can you could trash the other team and trash the other players without having to go to that low level. And, and and to do that. And I agree. And I I, I think, I don't know if, if it's so much, you know, Vinicius Jr. would be done with Real Madrid so much as he would just be done with Spanish football because they obviously haven't done enough to protect him. And I think, uh, or to protect, you know, other black players. Uh, but I think one of the, uh, we saw over the summer with the success of the FIFA Women's World Cup team, what problems that exist in Spanish football, and with all that going on with their women's team, actually it's not too far-fetched and hard to imagine the Spanish FA 
struggling to deal with the issue of racism because they seem to not be able to do anything about anything else. So, yeah, this this could unfortunately could get ugly. I hope it doesn't. I hope it, it, the the ugliness, as it were, were just you know a couple of red cards because it's always fun to watch that break out in El Clasico. These two teams, like I said, they hate each other. Um. So, but hopefully we don't see that. But that I mean, it's it's very very possible. It's it's there's just there's a definite possibility that we see uh, some of that ugliness come out again. And um, and I I don't know if I would call it entertaining, but it certainly is worth is worth watching. Um, the only thing I, 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 oh, I go ahead. And then, I was yeah. just I was just personally wondering when did the uh. The, the the nation of Spain suddenly turn into the city of Philadelphia <laughs> uh, because, because the behavior of their of, of their okay. fans can be deplorable. Quick, so quick, quick, quick story. I was I was just looking at, at Reddit the other day, and someone, I think it was in our football or something. Anyways, basically they were like, I think they said something along the lines of, you know. Uh, why don't U.S. fans ever get that intense about their sports, you know, and you see the European fans get, get very intense and people were having this discussion and, and people were actually making the point. Actually, there are cases, instances of fans getting overly intense in the United States. And as they were talking about that, someone simply replied, Veterans Stadium had a jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, veter- the, the fans of Veterans Stadium threw snowballs at a <laughs> Santa Claus. Let's let's let's. They threw snowballs at a Santa Claus because they were annoyed by him. Uh, and I have one more comment before we wrap this thing yeah, up. Yeah, go, go ahead. That's fine. Uh, Houston is the Philadelphia of the South, and I, there is Oof. no other need for me to explain anything else beyond that. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been enjoying the Astros uh, Rangers series down here. Uh, go Rangers in the World Series for the first time since uh, 2011, I think. Um, only other match of note, I don't want to really go into it because we're running low on time here, but uh, fourth place Napoli against second place AC Milan uh, in Serie A. This is on Sunday, and again, because of the time change, it is a 3.45 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on Paramount+. Plus. Usually it would be 2.45 p.m. Eastern, 3.45 Eastern time. Uh, for those of you who are interested in uh, the Italian flavor of football. Um, if you heard Teddy there, that's my uh, indication that it is time for me to to wrap this up and go. Um, so yeah, like I said, bit of an abbreviated show this week, but I think we got through the matches that we wanted to see uh, in your Premier League and your six of the best. Again, sorry that we were not here last week. Um, that that kind of hurt me. That's why I really wanted to do a show this week. But I hope you enjoy a fantastic weekend of football. Hopefully it is just good, clean, intense fun all around. And uh, we get to see some fantastic matches because there are some really, really good ones presenting themselves this weekend. Any final notes, Jordan? Um, my final thought uh, for, uh, for this is, I don't know if you know this, Adam, uh, but I, I believe I mentioned earlier that the USL league is coming to the, the Texoma area. Oh, yeah. And we have an official uh, start date. Uh, USL football uh, will be uh, starting in 2025 in the Texoma area. So I got a women's team uh, following after that. 
and that's fantastic. I participated in a uh, in a survey, even though I'm up here in, in further north in Oklahoma. I, I still consider that place to be home. So, uh, as someone who has experienced what Texoma youth football is firsthand, uh, I, I felt that my my input was valuable. So I did a survey for them. Get, yeah, it's exciting. Getting getting very excited about uh, the prospect of having a local team, and I'm I'm happy to uh, to be able to go back and to watch them play. So that'll be fun summer of 2025. A lot to look forward to. All right, but this weekend uh, we'll look forward to some wonderful football, some great stuff both in England and outside of England. We hope you guys enjoy it, and we will see you again next week. Happy Halloween.